Hello, everyone. I'm Eugene Weaver. Welcome to another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things horror-related. Tonight is a very special podcast. I've got Cinema's sidekicks with me here. Uh, Say hi, guys. Hey. How's it going? Uh, We've got Ty and Steve, as well as my co-host on Movie Freaks, Eric Marner. Say hi, Eric. Hello. There we go. (laughs) Um, and, uh, tonight uh, I'm debuting my, uh, I, my catchphrase now from here on out for my show. And that is, uh, cinema soft underbelly. If this show doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tonight we are going to be talking about a movie that we just got done watching. Uh, that would be an American werewolf in London. And, uh, more than likely, if you listen to this show, then you have seen that movie. More than likely, you've seen the movie because it's a classic in the uh, the horror genre. Uh, this movie here is, uh, it's, in my opinion, one of the first true horror comedies. And uh, it, it it's still probably my favorite horror comedy, even above things like uh, Shaun of the Dead and, uh, uh, well, mainly Shaun of the Dead. That's kind of the newest big horror comedy that really went gangbusters. And... Uh, it's still good. It still holds up really, really well. And I'm just going to kind of open up the floor and just everybody can chime in, talk, say their their opinions, their thoughts on it, things they liked, things they didn't like. And we'll just see where the conversation leads. And uh, hopefully we'll get into some other genre pick type discussion and uh, go from there. So, guys, I'd like to hear what the uh, guys that haven't seen it before <laughs> would have to say about it first. We're slackers in this area because ne- yeah, neither me or Ty have seen it. And um, first of all, I have to say, we watch this here at your place, Eugene, and the projector that you have set up, your, the whole setup here is quite fantastic, and I'm extremely jealous. So, but, well, but, thank you. <laughs> but to be able to watch it on this screen was really cool, and I actually I quite enjoyed the movie. Um, it had a lot of humor in it um, in various spots, and the special effects are really the thing that stood out to me the most. Because what year was this when you said 80? 81. Yeah, 81. 81. Yep. So for the graphics in this movie, like um, the his one friend who gets killed when he comes back and you see his face and it's all cut up and the skin's dangling and hanging there. It, that's really cool. And then especially the transformation part when he turns into a werewolf, um, I that, that was amazing because I have no idea how they did that. So yeah. as far as like the whole special effects go i was really impressed especially for a movie that's that old so yeah 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 i actually enjoyed it too uh really liked the soundtrack really liked the music (laughs) i'm still singing it after this (laughs) but i I thought it was cool that they didn't focus too much on the werewolf at the beginning and you just kind of got the camera angle from the werewolf's point of view and he was stalking and prowling and it was very mysterious. It was very dark, and nobody really said much about the whole legend in the beginning. And it's I, I like the whole mystery about it. Um, but yeah, I was impressed for '81. It's uh, a movie ahead of its time. I thought for the like Steve said, the transformation of the werewolf is is the main thing that really sticks out in my mind, and uh, and of course the music. But the music uh, it, is just it's iconic, and it's it plays so well with uh, it's almost like like. 
it doesn't quite fit, but that's what makes it fit so well. Right. Uh, and all the songs have a werewolf type undertone to them. So the lyrics go along with the movie. Uh, and it's, it, I think that's so cool. And that's the transformation scene too. It's this, this dreamy, quiet blue moon, you know, it's like this, this real quiet song going on in the background as he's going through this complete <laughs> horrible transformation and ripping his clothes off. And it was, there's there's a lot of that in the movie. I noticed uh, it seems every single time that I watch it that he likes to the juxtaposition of um, uh, opposites of sight and sound. So you're seeing one thing and it's horrifying, but then he puts something behind it that's disarming. And I was telling you guys that my, that scene in the porno theater where he's talking to all, everybody <laughs> he's killed. Uh, that's my favorite scene in the whole movie because he, I mean even there you have these undead people that are. Uh, mad at him and they should be like oh we're undead you know undead but they don't do that they're just <laughs> lightly joking around with them for half the, half of them yeah <laughs> and then in the background you keep hearing the porno playing on the screen <laughs> which yeah. is so funny i love that yeah acting wise uh i mean there's there's some big actors relatively big actors in this griffin dunn has been in a, a ton of stuff uh i think that it, it's cool that frank oz was in this and frank oz is uh he's yoda and uh uh, he's also he's a director uh he was it's funny because in the i'm looking on at imdb right now and his credits for this movie were uh mr collins and miss piggy (laughs) (laughs) because there's a scene where kermit the there's the muppets on in the the background and so he's got the voice of miss piggy i love it yeah so i thought i thought that was really really cool I really like the uh, inspector the, by the detective there with the short tie and the, just uh, the way he carried himself. He was hilarious. Yes. Yep. Yeah, the comedy just works so well. And I remember when this movie came out, um, I believe that John Landis, there was a great documentary on this movie that's on the Blu-ray. It's a good 45, 50 minutes long. And he had a tough time getting this made because at that time there wasn't horror comedies. And so this was a you know, it was a tough sell. Like, what? It's It's a horror movie, but it's funny. I don't. What do you mean? I don't get that. But I'm so glad that he stuck to his guns and and followed through and made the movie because it is it is a horror legend. I mean, this is a a in the top tier of the horror genre, in my opinion. I mean, it spawned uh, a whole like I know that there was werewolf movies before this, but well, uh, I was going to ask that too. What what werewolf movies were there before this? Were there any that um, before the or? Between the Lon Chaney and this, that were that you could take seriously. Oh well, Hammer had one. Uh, Hammer had a werewolf movie, and it was good. Uh, uh, Oliver Reed was in it, and it was a it was a good movie. But it it still has that more quaint, classic, classic Universal yeah. monster. Yeah, feel. where it's you know he's got the clothes on, and you know he's got yeah, obviously Wolfman, Wolfman. Yeah. yeah. So, but as far as full on werewolf movies, this and The Howling really. Jump started the big, like practical effects horror type thing going on. Like mm-hmm. especially the how like this has a great transformation scene. Um, the Howling has even more of a trans. There's a transformation scene in the Howling. I prefer American Werewolf in London, but the Howling has a transformation scene that I, I believe uh, Rob Bottin did the effects for for uh, the Howling. And Rob Bottin is he's one of my favorite effects artists. He uh, he made. He was one of the reasons why the thing is so good. John Carpenter's the thing, and uh, the transformation scene in the Howling is every bit as gruesome, well, as uncomfortable as American Werewolf in London, and it lasts an uncomfortably long time. 
Uh, it's mainly just a guy's face, but it just goes on and on, and it's just it's just like slowly happening. And the, the effects are really, really good. Uh, but a transformation scene doesn't make a horror movie like a, a yeah. werewolf movie. It has to have other stuff that goes with it. And The Howling was good. Uh, Joe Dante directed it, but it's not the classic that American Werewolf in London is, is, in my opinion. Although, if you are a fan of American Werewolf, you should check out The Howling because they were made the same year and they have a lot of the same. Like The Howling does have comic bits going on in it. Uh, and it's played a little bit more for laughs, but uh, it doesn't quite work like American. It's it's more of a of a I don't want to say cheesy because it's it probably is I guess considered cheesy, but uh, it has a little bit more of that early eighties cheesy feel to it. And I don't think that American Werewolf in London really does. I think that that is almost timeless. I never once think, oh, this is really corny and silly. Well, and part of that is, in my opinion, is because of the comedy that that helps supplement that. So it's mm-hmm. keeping it kind of light, even though there's horrific things going on. And it shouldn't be surprising to us that the comedy works so well. It's John Landis. Yeah. Animal House, Blues Brothers, yeah. Trading Places, Spies Like Us, Three Amigos, Coming to America, recently Burke and Hare. Which is great. Which is if awesome. you have, not, have you guys watched Burke and Hare? I have not. I have oh, not. It is great. It it's might it's, still be on Netflix, but check that one out. That was yeah. great. Simon Pegg is in that, and uh, Andy, Andy Circus is in that. And uh, it, not you know, this is going to be rabbit trail here, but Andy Circus, I'm so impressed with that guy. He is so good at the uh, the motion capture stuff that he does. And uh, I've watched lots of special features on the uh, the the Hobbit movies. And he's second unit director, and that guy is he's directing like he's hmm. doing Peter Jackson's job on the side, and it's awesome to watch him in action. He is he's so good. Uh, honestly, the the uh, an unexpected journey. Um, the special feature, there's like almost 10 hours worth. And I was almost more impressed with hearing what he was doing than anything else, because it was like, man, that's, he's like Peter Jackson's right hand man. And this guy came from, you know, I, I don't remember him being in anything before Peter Jackson started using him for, uh, for Gollum in Lord of the Rings. So, and this is completely rabbit trailing, but, uh, I, I give props to that guy. He's, He's cool. I agree. Um, right. One other thing that I really liked was the exterior shots, um, you know, within the with the, uh, the rain and the fog and the stuff in the woods. The, I thought the exterior shots were just really beautiful to look at. I loved the uh, the exterior shots. And did you notice that on those the, those shots, those dream sequences where the camera is just simulating him running through yeah. the woods, nothing's really going on. Yeah. That's where they have the scary score yeah. playing. Yes. That's where it's yeah, really I creepy. Like yeah. But when the murders are happening, not so much. It's, yeah, not, it's, not as much. I think and, my favorite murder scene was um, when they were when they were in the subway and the guy was running. He was going up the subway and they had the shot at the top of the, the escalator or whatever. And he was just like laying there going up. And just in the background, I was like, bring the wolf werewolf out. And they, and they did. And he just crawled up. That was awesome. Yeah. And it was just for a split second. Yeah. Right. Uh, and that just shows that you don't have to have tons of CGI effects to make a creature seem relatively real. I mean, granted, I know this was from a long time ago, but the werewolf was very, very well done. And it just shows you don't have to show the creature tons, just quick, quick little snippets of it. And you get the point. And that, yeah, that's yeah. one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the subway. Just that shot was 
awesome. I, it's probably my favorite single shot in the whole movie. Yeah, is that yeah. Especially he where he was running away, and you, you were thinking, okay, well, he's in a subway. There's got to be people around. There's nobody there, and he's just running around desperate trying to find somebody, anybody for help. And yet it was it was just so well-timed with the, with the scary suspense part of it and then when he wakes up in the zoo it's like okay this is funny again he's with the wolves <laughs> yeah yeah i don't forget that part it's yeah. it's unforgettable yeah i'm looking at the trivia on imdb here and this actually this was the first film to earn an academy award for best makeup and that category was created in 1981 and you almost have to think well that category was probably created because of this movie and i would imagine the howling i don't know what other movies were up for best makeup in 1981 but uh, and that howling uh, makeup was really, really good. And so I would imagine that this is probably one of the reasons why. It's so that- interesting that the two werewolf movies that kind of kicked off the new of it just came out the same year. Yeah. What are the odds of that? I know, I know. Uh, it's, it, I, I love reading trivia on some of these movies. All And I, I already mentioned this about the songs, but all the songs in the film have the word moon in their titles. <laughs> That's so cool. Um, the, the fake porno movie, See You Next Wednesday, which is like the – <laughs> the oddest name for a porno movie, but that was the first thing that was filmed during the production. So that's how they started the movie production. <laughs> Let's first shoot the porno scene and then move on to Put it on the right foot. <laughs> yeah. So the final look of the werewolf beast was based on the makeup creator Rick Baker's dog uh, Bosco. So that I was wondering about that. Yeah. So the, the and it actually has a. It's not Wolfman, obviously. It doesn't look like the Wolfman, but it also doesn't look like we've known werewolves to look like today. Like the big hulking, like instead of the Incredible Hulk, it's like a big, huge, strong beast. This is more of a like four-legged wolf creature type thing, uh, dog-like almost. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you pointed that out because when they first got attacked in the beginning, when Jack first gets well, – when he gets killed, uh, he – you know, I wondered if it was going to be like a werewolf that's standing up or, yeah. or what type of werewolf. If, and I like the way they went, the direction they went with it. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way his friend kept decaying throughout the movie. Oh, I know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Meatloaf. Yeah. Meatloaf. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, I, also of, uh, of note here, I, this is, I love the trivia, like I said. Uh, studio, executive ho- studio executives hoped that John Lannis would cast Dan Aykroyd in the role of David and John Belushi as Jack and John <laughs> hmm. Landis refused. And I'm so glad he did. Cause I can't, I can't imagine them. Dan Aykroyd. I can't imagine Dan. Well, that would have gone too comedy. Yeah, I know. And, and John Belushi, I like John Belushi. He was great in animal house and the other movies that he was in, but as Jack, no, I, yeah. I, I it would have been too wacky. Right. And, and that just, I don't think that would have worked. So now who was the actress that was the, the nurse was her name. Oh, I'll take that one. She that was uh, Jenny Agater. She she reminded me of like a cross between Faye Dunaway and a hot Maggie Gyllenhaal. I don't know. If that <laughs> yeah, and she was in uh, she was in the Avengers. Was she? No, yes, yeah, she was. I about jumped out of my seat. Wow. But only for uh, kind of a second. You know where um, Nick Fury is talking to his panel of people. Mm-hmm. She's one of them up there. Okay, along with uh, oh, what's his name? Doggone it! The guy that was in Sin City. He's the senator in Sin City. Oh yeah, yeah. Another classic actor. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm looking at her IMDb page here. Yeah, the there was a, there was something else that she was in. That she was, was in Burke and Hare. Yeah, there was something else that she was in of note. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. She's got a a long list of of the stuff you'd never know. Yeah. <laughs> TV shows and stuff. Yeah, Child's Play too. Mm. Mm. Oh, was she one of the main? She was something in it. 
I think that's, but just a couple, she's one of those actresses that, hey, I know her from something, and then, oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. So, yeah, great movie. Uh, I'm glad that you guys all enjoyed it. There is a sequel to this movie, An American Werewolf in Paris. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, Eric and I have seen it. I have only watched that movie one time. And that was in the theater, and I wasn't impressed because of my love for this movie. Um, but do you have any comments? I kind of, you know, I, I did kind of defend it the first time because I think that I actually saw it before London, and so I watched it and was I was like, oh, that was, that was entertaining, kind of funny and interesting, and then you know rewatched it years later and was like, wow, that was terrible. And the CGI <laughs> was awful, and um, yeah, so you can you can skip that one. That was at a time where CGI had not quite developed enough to. Uh, be truly effective. I mean, at the time when it, we were looking at it, we thought it was really sweet, but then you go back and look at it. You remember the uh, alligator in Eraser that Ouch. Arnold uh, fought and shot? Do you remember that at all? That was also an early CGI thing that looked amazing when I saw it in the theater, and then you look at it a couple years later, and you're like, that it literally looks like a pool toy, and somebody is shaking it at him. Like, it was just absolutely <laughs> horrible. Anyway, derail. Back to uh, American Marvel 1, and I got a couple of... Uh, things here that I had wrote down. Um, the budget for this thing was $10 million, and the box office did about $62 million, which at that time I thought was that's that big. was crazy yeah, that's big, big hit for that for uh, sort of low budget. Um, and then the other note I have is uh, Empire Magazine, who I respect, one of the few movie sources that I, uh, uh, journalism sources that I really like, they have this listed as their 107th greatest film of all time. And that's saying something. Yeah, yeah definitely. Impressive. A horror comedy werewolf movie from 1981. It's infinitely rewatchable. It is. I know. I've, I've watched that about six months ago. I watched it. And so it's like I, that's the second time in one year that I've watched it. And I, it's at least a once a year play for me. It's just – it hits all the right notes. I, it's hard for me to find a whole lot of faults with the movie. Uh, and I know that, you know, I've got, I have that, the whole nostalgia thing playing cause I've seen it so many times, but it, it just works. It's even for first timers, you guys watch it for the first yeah. time and it sounds like you guys really enjoyed it. So that shows that it's for an older movie like that. It's, it holds up well. Now, have you guys seen, I think it's Wes Craven's cursed or curse or something like that. Is that werewolf movie? Yes. I remember watching that a long time That's ago. That's the one with Christina Ricci, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that is that is such a great bad movie. <laughs> it, it is a it's a wonderful movie to watch, knowing that you're going to mystery science theater the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Then it's great. If you're going looking for a serious movie, then no, it's it's. But I don't I don't think it set out with that intention. Like I think it knew it was going to be bad. Yeah, or maybe not. Maybe he it's just West sucks. Craven. <laughs> West Craven is. He pumps out so much crap. Oh, I know. For every Nightmare on Elm Street, there is. Shocker! People under the stairs. And Eddie Murphy is a funny vampire or something. I think. <laughs> oh, that oh, was so awful. bad. <laughs> um, and even the Scream. I liked the first Scream, but and at the time I really enjoyed Scream two and three. But upon rewatching Scream one, I, I suppose is still a good movie. But uh, each one I thought they go got, downhill fast. Got, yeah, and the latest one I did not like. The last one. Um, it just it. There was no reason to it now that's coming from me who watches all the friday the 13th like once a year so i watch crap i get it but uh, but you know it's uh it's, it's I, yeah that fourth scream came on netflix and i was like nah 
because <laughs> I've, I've watched part two and three a couple of times, and I still can't remember what they're about. And that's why I go rewatch them again, because I'm like, I, what was Scream 2? What was 3 about? Who was the killer? I can't remember. Then I go watch it. I'm like, oh, this is lame. Um, but yes, so I never bothered with 4. Yeah. This this movie here was, uh, and I, I'm reading it again on, on IMDb, although I had kind of jogged my memory here. Uh, this movie, Michael Jackson was so blown away by the movie that uh, because of the special effects that he got John Landis to direct thriller. And so uh, it was because of American werewolf in London that that thriller came to be And thriller is one of the greatest music videos of all time. That's probably my favorite music video ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's when I love that song. And it's, that was a great uh, video and it's Rick Baker did the effects for it. Um, So I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, Another thing I, I saw here, um, that it, they actually used the tagline from the director of, of Animal House uh, in the, the tagline for the movie. And so people would go to see the movie expecting a a funny movie. And it's, yeah, it is funny, but it's extremely violent. Like even now, I mean, it still holds up as a very violent, gory movie, uh, even throughout the, the laughs. And so it says here that uh, there were uh, reportedly people were running out of the theaters when they discovered it was a horror film because they were so frightened. Well, I was going to say, especially when all those weird looking creatures come in and just murder the entire family. Oh, yeah, that was so bizarre. <laughs> it's like, that was whoa. such a bizarre, weird. What is going on? Hey, hey yeah. you know what's scarier than werewolves? Nazi werewolves. Nazi werewolves. <laughs> Nazi werewolves, yes. <laughs> that was, I remember the first time I saw that movie, and I was pretty young, and I just, I didn't get it. I'm like, what? That's so bizarre. What, Nazi werewolves? What? And I didn't quite get it uh, until rewatching and like, Oh, so it's a dream. And I, I watched this movie probably a bit before I should have been watching stuff like this. Uh, but see, I came to this. You said you have some nostalgia for it, but I came to this movie late. I mean, it's only been a – I mean, I was in my 20s when I watched it. You know what I mean? It's only yeah. – it's been within the last 10 years. So yeah. it's it's not like I've seen it a dozen times. I've, I've only seen it a couple of times. But I, I totally – I'm on board the whole way through. Maybe it's just because I remember movies from that era. Yeah. But yeah. 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 It, yeah. It's uh, I, this is my specialty. This is anything from the early, the late seventies to early eighties are just, that's kind of when I was like, when I started to get into movies, uh, basically VHS started to become popular because that was my ticket into watching right. these types of things, sneaking, sneaking these movies into my house one way or another. And so most of the movies that were coming out on VHS at the time were from that time period. So that's my first memories of movies were these movies that my friends and I would sneak to the video store and we would rent VHS tapes. And this was one of them. Um, uh, if it wasn't on network television, even in highly edited form, these are the types of movies that I was watching. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many times I watched John Carpenter's the thing. I taped it off of network television it was so edited, um, and I, w- I fell in love with the thing. I watched that thing all the time, John Carpenter's The Thing, and then I, I'll never forget the first time I actually watched it. Um, uh, first time I watched it, I was like, whoa, what? what is this? This is awesome. What's all this crazy bloodshed going on in here? This was not in the version that I watched for the last couple of years. And so uh, derail, but that's okay. I love The Thing, and I can <laughs> talk about The Thing for – Oh, that's a whole episode. That is a whole episode, yes. Um, so, everybody, what 
have you watched any other werewolf movies? You guys have a personal favorite or really the only other one I've seen was uh, Curse that I can really think of. I oh, mean, okay. I haven't really Well, then you're watching the best in my opinion. <laughs> The only thing I can think of is uh, way back when watching that cheesy Michael J. Fox one. Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf, Teen Wolf oh, yeah. Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Now, there is movies with werewolves in them, but they're not necessarily werewolf movies. I mean, like Underworld. Underworld, like that, that Underworld. automatically yeah. comes to mind. But do you. Uh, I, I kind of guess I draw a bl- other than Wolfman, Benicio del Toro, which I guess that's Wolfman, not Werewolf, yeah. which we've discussed before. Yeah. Um, but, man, it's hard to really think of. A great werewolf movie. Yeah. Dog Soldiers is Dog Soldiers. Yeah, there Dog you Soldiers go. immediately comes to mind. I, I do think Howling. It's not as good as American Werewolf, but Howling is worthy of of mention here. But a Dog Soldier uh, for a new werewolf movie, Dog Soldiers. Yeah, hmm. big great. thumbs up. In fact, that's a lot more action than horror. It's, I guess it still isn't even full on horror though. Where's my werewolf movie that's just straight full on horror? Yeah. Because there's a fair amount of comedy in that as yeah, well. I know there but is. It I is. would say I would say Benicio del Toro's. Uh, Wolfman? Yeah, but... That's pretty straightforward horror there. Um, what was that one? Uh, oh, crap. We talked about it on on Movie Freaks when we were doing the horror breakdown. I want to say Wolfen. It's not Wolfen. It's... No, we <laughs> <laughs> no that's not good. Um, um, the one where the guy pees on the doghouse. Oh, yes. Bad Moon. Bad Moon. Bad Moon, yes. Yeah. And again, that one, it has some scary moments, uh, but... Great werewolf. Oh, my gosh. It's yeah. absolutely great werewolf. Silver Bullet, I guess. That one has yep. some creepy moments. But, again, it's kind of cheesy. The end still rocks. but Yeah, that's – Corey Haim was in that one, right? Yes, yeah. being chased on his motorized oh, of course. wheelchair. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. But, yeah, there's – I think that there's a lot of werewolf movies that just aren't that terribly great. I'm not even going to mention the Twilight Twilight movies. I was, I was going. To, I, well, I saw the very first Twilight. I'm not proud to say that, but I saw I the too. very first one. So I did too. I. And yeah. that was still where vampires. But I believe in later. I, I, I believe that in later movies, there's werewolves involved. I think, but I'm, I don't know I, what movies I, you're I talking so. about. Yeah, yeah moving, on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Moving uh, on. Well, here's my question: If you have to be turned into one, are you? Do you want to be turned into a werewolf or a vampire? Vampire, you have to be turned yeah. into one. Vampires, a little bit more sexy. Yeah. yeah. Vampire, because you live forever as you a live vampire. Forever. True. There you yeah. go. You're not the big hulking badass that you would be as a, a werewolf, but, you know. Yeah, it, but then, uh, you know, a werewolf, at least you move around the day. Maybe it's only once a month. Depends on where your werewolf lore is coming from. It's like Underworld, you can just change it will. Yeah. But... You're you're not Kiefer Sutherland, and therefore that's not cool enough. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> have we all watched Lost Boys? If you guys say no, then I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, you haven't. Oh I my haven't. lord, what? <laughs> I don't understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm lost. Oh, I'm old. It's <laughs> the Lost Boys is now. If we're if we're going to go down the the vampire path, uh, the Lost Boys is. Easily my favorite vampire movie. I love The Lost Boys. Uh, I have a lot of appreciation for it. And we're not old. Don't you remember when you and I watched Lost Boys on Laserdisc at your house? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> What's a Laserdisc? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have a favorite uh, vampire movie? Well, I mean, I have this, or American, American, Werewolf, American Werewolf in London, or Cursed, and I'm taking this over Cursed. No, so. no, did I say werewolf? I meant vampire. Oh, vampire. Um... Boy, that's tough. I like vampire uh, movies. Yeah, I think there's been better vampire movies than there have been werewolf movies. Yeah, there's been a lot of vampire movies. Well, they're sexier. Yeah. 
interview. Interview. Yeah, interview that's, be up there. That's, that's the number one. Probably. Interview and Lost Boys are are the two biggest. Oh. Has anyone seen the new Dracula movie at all or not? Untold, uh, no, but it's in the dollar theater now, so I'm tempted. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Dracula, uh, Francis Cor- Ford Coppola's Dracula, I thought yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah. Very, very good movie. Now, that's fairly new. Uh, 1990, I believe, is when okay. that came out. Very good it's movie. older, yeah. Uh, Gary Oldman. Driver, take me to the crossroads. <laughs> very miscast, I must say. <laughs> other, than, other than his being miscast, I thought that that was a fantastic movie. Even when Nona Ryder was kind of miscast, but I still really like the movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, um, I'm going to wrap things up here because we've got some other stuff that we're going to get to uh, aside from werewolf movies. So uh, that's going to do it for my show, my segment of the, of the show. But please uh, tune in to Cinema Sidekicks for uh, more on this pod. We're going to be talking about Christopher Nolan's Interstellar, and we're going to be rating his movies, and there's... Uh, a big trivia game going to be coming up as well. So uh, be sure to check that out. Anything else to add to the discussion? Are we all done here? All uh, done. And just once again, thanks for having us over. Oh, yeah, check this out is great. Movie, man. I, I appreciate you guys coming up and enjoying one of my soft underbelly movies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really thought that was a good recommendation. Good. Thumbs good. up. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. Well, uh, until next time, I'm Eugene Weaver. You can get a hold of me at Eugene-Weaver at Hotmail.com. And as usual, make sure that you check out uh, Cinema's Sidekicks over on iTunes and Movie Freaks over on currently on YouTube, but soon to be iTunes as well. So uh, until next time, thanks. Bye.